0: This is LGBT Time with Chuck on WERU FM 89.9. This is a youth-led podcast that is produced by Outmain. Today, we're talking about queer representation in the media and how that affects the dialogues around LGBT people and their identities in real life. I want to start by talking about how old you were when you first saw queer people or people like you in the media and how that may have made you feel at the time
1: I think the first big moment for me in media was um, watching love simon the movie because I think it came out in 2018 so I was 17 at the time and that was like when I was like first really like kind of grappling with my identity personally and I don't know it was just really exciting to feel like in a world that's so heteronormative to see some representation outside of that. And I don't know. It was really comforting personally. And I'm trying to look back and think about like shows growing up that I watched and stuff like that. And I think there's like a lot of homophobia in the media in general. And just like thinking about it on a deeper level now, like obviously when you're younger, it usually is harder to kind of like parse out what's what, but I think there's greater representation as we progress as a society, but still not there yet.
0: You you brought up a really important point, I think, that there's so much representation that revolves around homophobia and queer people not being safe in their identities and the trauma that we endure as queer people. And I think it's really important that we don't put a whole bunch of homophobia and you aren't okay to be this way in front of kids and then expect them to accept themselves or other people. It's... Very rare that there's a character in media that is trans or queer and it's not about how they struggle around that or how they're bullied in school for it. The first time I ever experienced queer people in media was when I was really young. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I was watching Glee with my mom as a little kid because she liked that show and she would watch it every morning. And I just remember, I think it was a scene where he was like, Kurt Hummel was thrown in a trash can or something. And my mom explained to me why that wasn't okay. Um, And that was where I learned what gay people were. And then we went on to watch things like Drag Race growing up. So to me, it was never an abnormal thing. And I didn't realize the lack of representation until I was older, but all of the representation that I got was very adult. And that made me feel not so normal (laughs) with my own identity growing up, because I only saw really mature content when it came to people like me. And I don't think that's good. Does anybody else have an answer for the like, what age were you question right now? Eric? Yes.
2: Yeah. So I know, like, for me, I mean, I grew up in the early 90s. So oftentimes, you know, my mom, at that point, wasn't working. So I was home all day with with her often and watching TV. And a lot of the representation that I saw um, was on like daytime talk show television, like Maury or Ricky Lake or something. And, and it was often portrayed negatively, whether it be like someone's husband was cheating on them with a man or um, and they they were going to reveal it and you know, make it this big thing or there were, um, if you're familiar with like the the '90s, like club kids in New York City, like it was this like they were on the show as this this spectacle of like nightlife that was dangerous and and you know doing um, things that were illegal and all these things. So it just kind of. Portrayed queer people in this like dang- like you said like dangerous or mature light or that it was it was more wrong than accepted or that it was this kind of um, mysterious but also separate from normative society. So um, that's kind of where I first remember seeing representation. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily positive. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you know things. For other people, seeing stuff that's coming coming out now is more reflective of a positive experience for for the queer person instead of always being negative.
3: Yeah, totally. I kind of want to build on that. Similar experiences where, like, growing up, it was always SV, you know, uh, NCIS or maybe not NCIS, but those true crime shows. And a lot of times, if there was a queer person or a trans person on those shows, it was always a huge tragedy and a scandal and some sort of illicit not something that you definitely didn't want to it wasn't shown as acceptable it was always punished it was always shown as not kosher yeah that was just kind of the prevailing mood it seemed at least as and like with Glee you get a little bit of better representation but that was it was still they were still bullied it was still not it was kind of the tragedy story and I, I agree that it's definitely seeming to move in a better direction with shows like she or Steven Universe where it seems like representation is getting much more also less adult where it's just usual normal life problems rather than their the entire issue with the character revolving around their sexuality or identity and yeah just a much better character arc for queer characters so I think it's definitely moving in a, in a better direction and I'm I'm glad that kids these days have something a little bit better to watch and I hope it keeps moving in that direction and definitely gets a lot better.
0: Another character that stood out to me a lot when I was very young was him from Powerpuff Girls. I feel like I'm not alone in this, but just because a lot of the representation that I got when I was young was so adult, I was able to recognize a lot of the queer coding that we see in villainous characters in in children's entertainment. And I loved him. (laughs) And I loved Ursula and characters like that growing up because I did see those qualities in them, and it was an empowering thing for me personally. I can see how it wouldn't be for anyone who isn't as comfortable in their identity as I was when I was young, but I think it's important that we recognize how often negative or bad characters are the ones that look or seem queer in children's media. We don't need to constantly be reminding children that queer people are supposed to be the bad guy. Ooh, okay, we were just talking about a little bit, some bad examples of representation, kind of. We got into that with talking about how it's too mature, not so about the character, if that makes any sense. So we do have the question, what are examples of bad representation? Do any of us have a good example of that other than the one that Lou already gave? Because I think you talked a little bit about like cop shows, I think, right? Yeah, okay, I thought that was you. I want to mention one thing that never really sat right with me when I was growing up was the, I can't remember her name right now because I never got too much into the show. So I, I'm hoping somebody else can elaborate a bit on this, but the character from Stranger Things who like, you kind of find out that she's queer and then she immediately is dead. Stuff like that. I can't remember. Bury your gaze. That's what the trope is called. Sorry. I want to talk about that, but I don't know how to bring it up because I don't have any uh, any examples. Sorry. That was me asking for examples in the most roundabout way possible.
3: <laughs> no, that's good. That's what you're talking about is the Hayes code from back in like the 60s I think or probably bef- way before that. But yeah, the Hayes code had a big list in, in media. Essentially, Congress kind of got down on media and said, hey, you need to start regulating what you're going to put in shows or we're going to do it for you. And so they created a self-regulating collection of rules, essentially, so that they didn't have to have congressional oversight. Things like overt portrayals or, and references to sexual behavior, complete nudity was never permitted. Interracial relationships were not permitted. So homosexuality was not to be depicted. Things like a lot of pretty gross negative stuff for a lot of different people. You can't put criminals in a positive light, a lot no drug use. So it was, the, it was the media's effort to self-regulate, but it ended up making it so that if you wanted to have a queer character in any sort of media, they had to be a villain and they had to be punished for it, which just became a pervasive trope and tropes built on tropes. And that just became the cultural norm forever. Um I'm sorry, I don't have any more specific examples, but that's where that comes from. And that flavoring really did a number on American media for a long time.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking about it. Um, Modern Family, was a show that I would watch a lot with my siblings growing up and parents too. And like looking back, I see a lot of like pretty significant flaws and just sort of the, I feel like it kind of claims to be progressive in its name and the dynamics. Yet I feel like Especially the relationship between Jay, the sort of patriarch of the family, and Mitchell and Cam, his son and son-in-law, like, perpetuates a lot of really, like, homophobic behavior and I feel like almost, like, provides a platform for it in the name of being a sitcom or, like, in the name of humor, which I feel like, I don't know, it definitely... I like looking back I really don't find a lot of that funny and I think it does more harm than comedic relief I don't think it should be com- comedic relief but I think that's definitely like one example in like reflecting in like my media consumption.
0: Lou yay you have more. <laughs>
3: yeah sorry just also remind that what Lucy brought up definitely reminded me of kind of the ever progression of media and the change and what we reclaim and what Gets cast aside. So I know another topic of discussion was for for representation in media was how in the past Rocky Horror Picture Show was this hugely influential life affirming movie for a lot of people back in when it came out. Um, because it was kind of one of the the only, I mean, not it wasn't the only, but it was a, a big representation where you could potentially see yourself on on screen, even though it was kind of also punished. But in more recent times, it's kind of been denounced and the, the language has changed and it's starting to fall by the wayside and be seen perhaps more as more problematic than it has in the past. So it's just interesting to, to note that with Modern Family, where when that came out, it was probably pretty modern and progressive and showing a gay couple on screen. Putting them in a relatively normal family life situation was a good representation. And now looking back on it, it's seemingly a little more problematic. There are things that we definitely you know, don't like seeing in there or don't agree with. So it's just interesting to see how, how things move forward and how we can reclaim some things or cast them aside as they serve us.
0: Yeah, I really like that you brought up how Rocky Horror was such an empowering thing for so long. And it was almost like flipping a switch. I feel like it was right around the same time that the newer one came out too. That people, I saw a lot more dialogues about how it was pushing us back and not actually delivering the message that we needed delivered. And I would hear arguments about how we weren't trying to deliver any kind of message with Rocky Horror. And it was just a fun movie to watch. I think. I think it's interesting to look at how we still see queer characters as a vehicle for getting anything into the heads of (laughs) straight people um, about who we are and what we actually need out of the world and how we're just normal people like everybody else. I've always found it really interesting that one of the main pillars of why form of queer representation is bad, is that it doesn't do good for the community. It's not teaching anybody about what the community is like. And that's never sat right with me personally because I think it's a lot more comforting to have a piece of media where it's just, it is what it is and they are who they are and it's not about bringing anything anywhere. Not, that was a bad way of phrasing that. It's not to teach anybody about anything or to prove a point, but just to be there and just to exist just to be art, because that's what it should be, at least in my opinion. We didn't talk about queer awakenings yet. Many queer people realize that they aren't cis or they aren't straight when they see characters on screen who are like them. And they realize that They weren't relating to any of the straight characters that they were seeing. If that's how you found out, or if maybe you realized some things watching TV, tell me more about that. I kind of want to start because I realized 100% as a kid that I could not have been entirely gay or entirely straight because I watched The Walking Dead (laughs) and I was having a hard time with just thinking all of the characters were so pretty and I just loved them all so much. And I remember that being a legitimate dilemma for me when I was trying to find a label for my identity. And I I used that as a tool to worm my way to the right answer. But I think it's interesting. I think another good example of this is when perhaps somebody realizes that their childhood like celebrity that they were obsessed with was actually a celebrity crush, and not just someone they really wanted to be like. Um, I had a friend who really, really liked the Olsen twins. And then that became part of their awakening in middle school which i think is funny to go off that i think for me it was also um music played a
1: big role too and i like selena gomez is my example but and she kind of go like a multimedia like representation there but just kind of like realizing that like obsession versus crush and just like the like i don't know having the opportunity to like understand that Ooh. I think for
3: me, one of the examples of media doing good or, or pretty good media affecting a change, or at least making me think about myself, was um, a book. It was Kings, Queens, and In-Betweens. is was about um, drag and transness. And just the way that the book was written was very exploratory and like at the very beginning of some of, of people playing with drag and exploring gender. And I found at a time when I was just starting to explore gender and it was a really good representation of, or just a good launching point for me to really start thinking about those things and having that book to kind of affirm or reaffirm that, yeah, no, this is normal. Everybody's figuring this out and it's confusing and it doesn't have to make sense and you just kind of take little steps and work through it. So that was a good example of it. media as a, a penitential force for good change and good representation.
0: I don't want to immediately contrast that with more negative representation, but that did remind me. I read The Perks of Being a Wallflower in sixth grade, which I would not recommend. Don't read that book in sixth grade. Maybe read the book if you want to. Don't read it at 12. That's not a good idea. But... <laughs> I remember Patrick being a character that I really related to, and I couldn't figure out why, because I didn't really see any parts of my life that I felt were as hard as what he was going through. If any of you know from the movie or the book that uh, there's a character who is queer and is dating, kind of dating another character who is not out, and it would not be safe for him to be so. So there's a lot of tension there and a lot of really difficult moments with his character. And I remember that being a really painful thing for me to read growing up. But it was also, I think, a, a good way for me to release some of those feelings that I had built up because I was so accepted growing up. I knew it would be okay if I came out, but I still felt like I couldn't for some reason. And representation like that that was about how hard it was can still be helpful. It's not necessarily bad for a character story to be about how hard it is to go through what we go through. It just has to be done right. And I think most of the time it isn't, and it's a cheap way to get a good reaction out of your audience and not actually expanding on the character or giving them a real storyline or a real life that they're living. It's just good ratings, I guess. But we also have, how do you feel when non-LGBT people play them in movies Aiden
4: um yeah so I think I kind of have like a mixed answer for this because I remember like when I first started seeing queer people represented in tv shows and movies it was like exciting to see because you didn't ever see it but they were always generally played by non-queer people so um like as I learned more about queer representation I think I definitely expanded my view of like queer people should play queer people in the media but because it wasn't done before when I first started learning about it. I guess I had felt indifferent at first, but now I definitely think that you know queer people should be playing queer people in movies and TV shows and you know allowing people the space to share their story also just like through media representation and having the ability to be a famous person to even like stand up for the communities that they're a part of. I think it's just important.
0: I've always found it really uncomfortable to watch a storyline about a character who is going through all kinds of turmoil because of their gender identity or their sexuality, whatever it may be. And then find out that that character is played by somebody who's never even experienced those things and that the character was written by somebody who's never experienced those things. And it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like any sort of genuine experience by that point, and I don't, I can't use it as a way to feel represented in media because it's just, here is how we see queer people. We see them as the things that they go through. Watch it. You enjoy it, right? We put you on the screen, but did you? (laughs) I didn't, I also am realizing that I didn't actually ask the question. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Um queer people are often played by straight people i i feel like it's it's always been that way how do you feel when non-lgbtq plus people play queer people in movies and tv eric yes
2: i think i i definitely feel similarly to aiden in terms of yeah when i was younger there was no queer representation or very little so like Just the idea of it being represented was huge. And and oftentimes I still find myself being like, oh, well, at least there's, you know, we're seeing it. So like, that's good. But yeah, definitely. Now that I understand more about why queer actors should play queer roles, it makes a difference. And I think the point I wanted to make too, is it's really interesting that actors, straight actors or cisgender actors are often given an Oscar for their the the difficulty of like portraying the role of something they want you know and and that is what's seen as like a career defining role is to to play a queer person and then they get recognition for it as being this this incredible acting that they did to be able to really like authentically play a queer person so I just think that's interesting too that when we think about not only them playing it but that those are the roles that they're being you know memorialized in as like their career defining moment like thinking about Jared Leto and um, Dallas Buyers Club being a trans woman playing a trans woman Um, and then I know there's others out there too but um, that's just one really kind of interesting and frustrating and I wonder if a queer if a queer actor were to play those roles would they be equally considered for those awards based on their performance um, of something that they actually have lived and experienced.
0: Woo
3: Yeah. yeah I just wanted to add one thing to that because I think it's definitely big mood and And when actors... Like especially cis actors are playing trans or non-binary characters or even sexually sexual minority characters. It does feel like the general consensus of Hollywood or media or whatever kind of asserting that these are roles and these can be acted and therefore the, pe- the real life people who are living these experiences are acting in roles and they're not necessarily valid. They're like just performing this role that isn't real and it's weird and we don't understand it so we're going to have an actor Play it because that's what y'all are doing too, right? You're just playing at some weird thing. So that's kind of how it feels sometimes. I definitely just wanted to, to touch on that because I definitely
0: agreed with what Eric said. I'm really glad somebody brought that up yes lucy also just kind of furthering
1: the point i feel like it's just once again like denying the queer community like a greater platform and just like access to more people and really i don't know i really appreciated eric's point of like the rewards and recognition going to cis or straight people and it's just it's like really i don't don't know i find it super upsetting and just pretty disappointing that like we haven't come further and it's 2021
0: It reminds me of the show Pose and how every single actor on that show gave their all you know, if if you watched it, it was a very hard hitting show. And then we watched cis actors rack up attention and recognition while the trans people that the show was kind of partially about, you know, just kind of stood there on the sidelines. And I'll never understand how people can praise them for being there and for doing the show, you know, a show that is primarily trans people of color. Like that's amazing. When does that happen? And then for them to not actually get any recognition that could further their careers, actually, is very upsetting. Because that show did a lot for the community. Like I, I made my dad watch that show. Okay, I didn't make him, but I made my dad watch that show, and he loved it and cried a lot. But like that, that show changed how he viewed the community. And I think it's really tragic that a lot of the actors weren't recognized at all for what the outstanding work that they put in. But anyway, that's that's my bit on Pose. But super quickly, I just want to mention. The majority of the queer content that I consume now as an adult who can do whatever they want, um, I pretty much only still am interested in smaller projects made by independent creators or you know, just smaller projects in general. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts And the best representation that I can ever think of is from podcasts. I have always preferred to read like short stories online about queer people than a book that's a New York bestseller, you know? And I think it's important to remember that while there isn't mass media representation out there constantly, there's still a lot. You might have to go looking for it but you can still find characters that feel like you and communities based around those characters. You don't need a massive toxic fandom that makes you feel bad about yourself to feel included, I promise. There's a community out there, whether it's the Steven Universe fandom or not. Not to diss the Steven Universe fandom, I'm not a part of that, but (laughs) anyway.
3: Do we want to take a moment maybe and dump some of our favorite good representation media so that if anybody listened to this wants some good representation, they, they just have a jumping off point?
0: Super quick. I just want to shout out to podcasts because I like them. A lot of people have probably heard of them already if they listen to podcasts, but the Magnus Archives, it's a horror anthology with a really big plot on top of it. It's really good. I love it. A lot of the characters are queer and it's not about their queerness. It's really good it's really good good representation and the penumbra podcast which is kind of two separate stories in the same podcast really good the main character is non-binary a lot of people i think will enjoy that one if they aren't necessarily interested in the horror aspect but yes
3: yeah and jumping off that two more podcasts that are great uh, are the strange case of the starship iris same thing space sci-fi space but lots of queer characters not about queerness but about their relationships just in general how they you know how their relationship grows and changes but not specifically because they're queer just because the stories about them which is wonderful. And then on a more historical note, History is Gay is wonderful if you want to know anything about queerness in the entirety of time as we know it, going to, you know, ancient Egypt and ancient China and like all the way back and then much more recent people as well. Those are some fantastic podcasts I would recommend.
4: One that I can think of is the TV show, The Fosters. I think that was probably the first show that I had ever seen that had like a lesbian couple with a bunch of kids. And it was like their story of like raising all of these kids. So I thought that was really cool. Um, And then one of the sons that they adopted also was gay. So it also like talked about some of the stuff that he went through, like at school.
2: I've got a couple like in terms of TV shows. So Shit's Creek has one of the main characters, his queer interest, the the world that they created, there's just never any negativity toward his sexuality. And so it's it's really refreshing to just have a character be existing in a world that isn't against him. And there's no no, not really ever any tension around that. Um, And there's some really great conversations around sexuality in the show. There's another show. It's like an Australian comedy called Please Like Me. It's on Hulu and the writer and star of the show. Um, his character is gay, he's gay in real life, but kind of does a really nice job portraying just unconditional positive regard from friends um, in terms of coming out. And um, and then he did a follow up show as well, different, different plot called everything's going to be okay. And again, his, his character is the main character and is also gay. So and both shows talk about like mental health really compassionately. So it's, it's a really beautiful, funny, heartwarming show. Both of those shows.
0: You have been listening to Outmain's youth led podcast, LGBT Time with Chuck, on WERU FM 89.9.